Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as she travels the Vortex and arrive at episode number 405. He will be drawn to large cities where he will back up sewers, reverse street signs, and steal everyone's left shoe. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Where'd my shoe go? It was stolen. <laughs> How you guys been? Not too bad. How about yourself? Good. I finished um, Doctor Who Tales of Terror just in time. For, <laughs> I finished it on October 31st. Oh, nice. Uh, my little mini review is it's a great collection of uh, anthology stories, short stories. Uh, it starts from the first Doctor and goes all the way through the 12th Doctor, so each different uh, story and there's 12 stories each story is about a different doctor in order um, but there's 13 <laughs> well it doesn't do we don't get the 13th doctor in this this came out last last October so what about the war doctor <laughs> he's not in there yet, um, so then uh, it's it's a good anthology there's a lot of neat ways that they kind of apply tropes but they do a really nice job of making it very Doctor Who um you know, there's there's different themes. There's a um, there's one where the second doctor and his or his the second doctor's companions, um, Jamie, Ben, and Polly find a Ouija board in the classic console or the, the alternative console room with the wood panel. Wood panel. Yeah. So they stumble across <laughs> that room. Uh, there's kind of a creature feature for one. There's a um, the, there's a mist one. You know, it's just like they take, you know, terror trappings and mm-hmm. really turn some good. There were two clunker stories that I thought were, they weren't even bad. They were just kind of, eh, they were middling. Um, but overall, it's a good collection. And it's a really good October read. I would, I, I you don't have to read it in October if you like that kind of thing all, all year. But it was really appropriate as an October read. So I'm glad we did it. So I, I highly recommend it. I think, uh, I think everybody would like it because it's, it's nice to be able to pick it up, you know, read a story. And then put it down, pick it up later, pick, read another story, yeah. and they're quick reads. I think there's two hundred and some pages in the book, but it's they're they're. I mean, I recommend it. That's about all I did this week. That and I've been playing Minecraft a lot. So I finished Childhood's End, the book. It was uh, it was fairly good. I rather enjoyed it. Was it Arthur, C. Arthur Clark C. Clark trippy? Right. It gets pretty trippy. Does it? <laughs> it gets into the metaphysical a little bit, which you kind of don't expect from Arthur C. Clarke. At least I don't. And in fact, there's oh, a... Oh, I don't know. 2001 is a bit esoteric, but... Yeah, not I, metaphysical, but... I don't think it got esoteric much. It, it got... I mean, it, the connective tissues all made sense of what he was doing with it and where he takes the story. There's some parts where it feels like, where are you going? And then you finally see them connect and it... Oh, it makes uh-huh. sense. Um, Those are kind of fun, though, when they do yeah. that. They kind of piece everything together. Into yeah, because it's like... And he jumps through time so much in it because the book spans over a hundred years, ah. and it's only two hundred some pages. So <laughs> there are large time jumps <laughs> <Big> throughout, jumps. <laughs> which is kind of cool because then he gets to go back and explain how what's changed since you read it, since you visited the world last, and it's I, I really enjoyed it. And anyone who likes science fiction, I think, would appreciate it, especially ones that deal with kind of different things and sometimes almost supernatural aspects to things which in his forward says 
he hadn't put a disclaimer in one edition of it saying that this does not reflect the author's views because he doesn't believe in the, the supernatural aspect of things. But I would highly recommend it. Sean, did you do anything? I saw Bohemian Rhapsody. So Ooh. did we. What did you think? I really liked it. I did too. I liked it a lot. I'm trying to decide. I'm struggling with, am I just writing the Queen high? Well, or is it really one of the best films of the year? Because <laughs> I really liked it. I thought it was just, wow. I I really liked it too. I, I mean, when you have such amazing music in a movie, it really helps elevate things even more. Mm-hmm. And being a big Queen fan, I know they took some liberties with things, but Rami Malek's performance is so phenomenal that I'm willing to overlook those things that they kind of took Agreed. liberties with. Like adding some drama where there wasn't some drama. If, part of me wonders what, how they could have done it differently, though. I don't know if they could have. And the ending sequence is just incredible. You know, it's fine. I was telling Mel, quite literally, my first introduction to Queen is Live Aid. I, oh. I, I, I remember seeing that segment of it and not knowing who these guys were. And really not caring, quite honestly, all that much. Just, you know, <laughs> wow, there's a lot of people for this africa thing okay watching this the whole last 20 minutes is the the live aid yeah it's and nearly the entire set. It, it, set it looks like they had cameras and i have no idea how they i mean i'm sure they probably did it digitally but yeah yeah it looks like live aid happened yesterday Just the and they small, had a drone <laughs> they, the, the new trailer dropped earlier last week and just the small snippet of the live aid I was blown away by just on a little I was watching on a computer screen I was going how did they do this this looks like they're there and it looks just as good on the big screen yeah it's it's a it's a really really good movie did you guys see anything else or do anything else this week not that I can think of hmm. cool well let's move on to news well there's a little bit of news that dropped just today that there is going to be a 10 minute segment animated of the wheel in space to debut at the BFI's uh, South Bank Center in December for a, a program they run called... Oop, I just lost it. Where'd it go? Wiped Believed Missing. Yeah, that one. Which is in its 25th birthday. So, it the the people behind the animated clip stress that they're not animating the wheel in space that this was uh, done just for this BFI thing and it's possible that they may release it on a DVD at some point in the future as a bonus feature but it's the same team who animated uh, Power of the Daleks okay so it looks really good just from this one still they released it looks good and in color very cool to which I say horse pucky to the color part? No, I. I <laughs> they, they they were very adamant about this press release being we we want to make sure that we're clear that we're not animating the whole thing. We're not animating a you know we're we're not animating an episode of it. We're animating ten minutes of it. But Philip Morris is going to be here to talk about some things, and this is going to happen. Although in, he's not talking about Doctor Who, he's, he's not talking, talking about, about Doctor other Who stuff supposedly. Yeah. And I, I can't so help it. I, I, I know I'm a conspiracy. A, I'm conspiracy nut. No, you're such a fantasist. You want to. You <laughs> want things to be. <laughs> Expl, explain to me why a, a program that is 
white you're, you're believed, very chaotic you know that? It, what <laughs> you, you, you do know that doctor who wasn't the only show wiped believe missing right no i, I i'm aware of that <laughs> but the, the, the whole point of this program is wiped believe missing but then we're going to animate something so it didn't exist until we animated it because all we had is the audio and show it at a wiped believe missing event but it's not in conjunction with anything that we've relocated i don't buy it no we're yeah. going to see an animated release. And all those ones. missing episodes have been uh, found, too. <laughs> You're still on that one? I'm still on that one. Convinced that that's still happening? Yep. They're biding their time. Chaotic. <laughs> that's, <laughs> a good, that's a good phrase for him. <laughs> uh, no. I, I, if I, I, if does I would, that make you my Sancho? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> if Yes, it does. Yes, it does. If 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 I were to jump in and make presumptions on something, I have a feeling probably what they did is they probably started working on this piece, hoping that the BBC would pick it up and do a Power of the Daleks type thing with it. Probably didn't go anywhere. Maybe power that's, power maybe probably that's why we have the reconstruction. Power probably didn't uh, sell well enough, so they had this piece and they're going to show it. At the at the uh, thing to do something with it, so and release it on a piece. I, I think, think that ultimately, makes a lot of sense. I think ultimately because it's more cost effective now for the BBC since they've done it before to release reconstructed uh, episodes with telesnaps and stills. That's probably how we'll get wheel wheel in space, and this will be a supplement of that disc. So, well, and it makes sense because the first ten minutes is not the most exciting ten minutes. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> if, you're well, gonna, I don't, if you're just going to randomly pick 10 no, minutes of Doctor Who to animate. Uh, I would disagree with that. I think that's one of, part of the most exciting of Wheel in Space because that's where the little things running around and the Doctor's... The servo robot? Yeah. You wouldn't want to animate something with the Cybermen? Well, but the Doctor's incompatible. <laughs> well, I'm bad. sure they started on this thing and this is what they have. Well, yeah, that, so, that, that's uh, why I say your but part I, I still makes, think that argument I still makes think, sense. I, think it's, it's, I still think it's an exciting... I was... On, on the edge of my seat while, when I was reading it. <laughs> and I, I, in, the, in the book, now granted the book may have made it a little more exciting than it was on, on film, but... Yeah, uh, just a little bit. Couldn't tell on the film on film because we just saw yeah, right. stills, but... Uh, they totally no, could have animated that whole rocket sequence that saved themselves so much work. <laughs> now that would have been boring. <laughs> Interior. Well, that's cool, though. I mean, any... Space. Any, exterior any movement rocket. towards seeing some of this stuff moving is yeah I, I mean don't get me wrong I'm, I'm still excited to see it but I, I, I there's more there's more to this than meets the eye <laughs> in other news big finish have been really uh, announcing the titles lately <laughs> draining your wallet yes so first up the 8th of March guess when that's gonna come out it's going to be a celebration of... <laughs> um, let me take a guess. Uh, March 8th? Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a celebration of all the strong female characters from the Doctor Who universe to be released on the International Day of the Woman. Ah, there's where you get that. Yes. So it's going to star Ace and Professor Bernie Summerfield in a story. Uh, River Song and Leela. Unit Team Kate and Osgood. And Madame Vastra and Jenny coming to b- together for Big Finish for the first time. Cool. So it's going to be a cool little box set of four different stories. I'm excited for that. Yeah. And then they're all, on the heels of that, they <laughs> announced 
the Paternoster gang is returning. Because <laughs> obviously Dan Starkey has been doing Big Finish for a while. Right. And now that they've got both Nev and... Um, I just blanked on her name. Cat- Catlin? Yeah, Catlin. On board, they're going to do a whole box Nev's set. Nev's done some Big Finish. I think Catlin was the only one that they were yeah, kind of waiting so on. Yeah, I too. So. A big three-story box, uh, three box set. One of which written by Jonathan Morris. <laughs> you may want to back away from your listening devices at this time while I squee really loudly. <laughs> and this is not going to be the only volume. They've already announced volumes one through four. Well, I think they had to. They were setting on this Paternoster game for a long time. Maybe in hopes that the BBC might do something. An actual spinoff. An actual spinoff. Instead, we get Big Finish spinoff. That's okay with me. That's just the the next best thing. This is is the next best thing to that, and I think it's going to make a very nice replacement for the the end of the Jago and Lightfoot series. Yeah. So we won't get any more of those. Yeah, that's we'll, true. Well, okay, yeah. I'll yeah. listen to Paternoster Gang. Now. Maybe they'll bring the surviving member on occasionally, because he has met Strax. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Good make, stuff. Make it so, Big Finish. What else is coming out One of Big Finish? One last bit of Big Finish. They have announced a series of four stories where they're the Torchwood team is going up against some classic Doctor Who monsters. Yay. <laughs> Less than enthusiastic response from Glenn. First up is called Knights of the Fendal, which will feature Gwen Cooper and, of course, the Fendal. And being possessed by the Fendal, from yes. what I read. From, from based, and based off the cover. Well, the cover, I mean. Yeah. Uh, another one, The Green Life, which will see Captain Jack meet Joe Grants and Clifford Jones <laughs> in a green... Death sequel. Sequel. And uh, the third one will see Susie meet the Sladeen. I'm glad Susie's <laughs> getting some more stories since they <laughs> killed her off in the first. So obviously, this episode. these box sets are reverting back to the pre Miracle Day one off random time frame uh, storytelling that they're doing. And then the last one we'll I actually see. like those better. To be honest with you. <laughs> I haven't listened to any of the post Miracle Day stories, so I don't know for sure. Um, the last one we'll see uh, Reese face off against Autons. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think this sounds like a fun box set. Yeah. And this is kind of on the heels. Uh, I don't think we ever talked about it of Yovan Hartman going up against the Wotan and the War Machines revived. Yeah. Yeah, no, that all kind of piques piques my interest because of the fact that it's classic Doctor Who villains. So that'll be fun. That's kind of it for news. Cool. Do we worry a little bit with, okay, we're going to bring this classic monster back in a story that the Doctor is not in? Nope. Nope. Because (laughs) realistically, I'm not spoiling anything here, but at the end of the day, the monster is going to lose. So... Do we now have set up that maybe when the doctor did it, it wasn't such a big deal? <laughs> well, when you've got such competent people like Torchwood, I say competent. And <laughs> <laughs> What's that term? There's, there's, there's an asterisk next to that, right? Well, and when Joe Grant is there to help, you know, they 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 may not do it well, but they get the job done. <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> I just wonder, you know, it's like, oh, what do we do? Oh, the Fendal is this and that. Oh, it's terrible. It's and then Torchwood beat it. And it's like, oh, for the Doctor, that just meant it well, was Tuesday. I mean, we're just, glad, we're just glad he was. They they were there when he wasn't. So exactly. 
Somebody's he's kind of her. left them in his stead anyways. I mean, when the Doctor's going through fixing problems in all of space and time, I mean, the, the least they could do is fix the few things on Earth that fall through the cracks. So. Well, good, because <laughs> that, 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 that makes me feel a little bit better about where Bartlett and Miles are at right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, should we move on to some feedback? Let's let's see if Sean has a song this week. I don't. I didn't give you any suggestions. So. <laughs> so I'm blaming you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, because of the uh, um, we just had a kind of a full weekend with stuff. It wasn't really anything exciting or cool that I thought was worth mentioning. It was just there, and then the time <laughs> changed. That way too, yeah. yeah, the time change screwed us up. Consequently, I didn't actually get to watch this episode until about an hour ago. Hmm finished just before I left um, and so there was no time to prepare a episode thematic song feedback for our listeners uh, he's trying to pull up the feedback so that's why he keeps rambling about not being able to come up with a feedback <laughs> song have you found it now? I have found okay, it okay good <laughs> first up in feedback thanks is Holly. I'm pulling back the curtain <laughs> get back on your horse <laughs> I'm going to go attack this giant uh, from Holly. Hey guys, Sean loved the feedback song last week. Well, now I feel bad that I didn't do one. Thanks, Holly. Uh, can't go wrong with Three Dog Night. Um, I also can't take credit for that song because it was all Glenn's idea. Oh, I thought you were just saying because Three Dog Night came up with it first. <laughs> well, that's also true. I guess Glenn can't take credit for it either. <laughs> On to the review. This was an interesting episode. I have to say that I did enjoy it. The Taping. I can't call it that. Was an interesting creature, to say the least. He kind of reminded me of a certain blue Disney alien (laughs) that loves Elvis music and has a bit of an attitude. You're not the only one, Holly. The Dr. Sonic made it out unscathed. Love the scenes between Yaz, Ryan, and Graham. Not much else to say. Or is it Yas? Yas. They say Yas. Short for Yasmin. But that's who she's talking about here. This isn't the guy that was giving birth. I want to make sure that I'm clear oh, on her I, meaning. Because I don't I didn't catch his name. So what Yas. Oh so. no, yeah, you're right. It is Yas. Yas. Oh, it was Yas. Yeah, yes. you're right. Okay. Y O S S. I figured Holly was up on it and I was gonna yeah. mutilate it if I tried to do something different. Love the scenes between Yas, Ryan, and Graham. Not much else to say. I will wrap it up here. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Holly. Thanks, Holly. I will probably t- touch on a little bit more, but on that Stitch note, the first thing I did when he shows up and you see him, I went, oh, it's Stitch. <laughs> and everybody kind of rolled their eyes at me in my house until they described the alien. And Caitlin looked over at me and goes, yeah, it is Stitch. <laughs> <laughs> see, in appearance, I got the creatures from Galaxy Quest in my head. As soon as oh, I yeah, saw yeah. them. The ones that you think are cute. And then they go, ah. A little bit. In appearance. More so than Stitch, I think. You got a synopsis? I do have a synopsis. Well, I'll read it because I want to let you know what I thought about this. <laughs> if I can get my phone to unlock. There we go. Risk to life. Absolute. Injured and stranded in the wilds of a far-flung galaxy, the Doctor, Yaz, Graham, and Ryan must band together with a group of strangers to survive against one of the universe's most deadly and unusual creatures. I liked it. <laughs> That's not where you thought I was going to go, I, did I, it? I did not. <laughs> I liked it a lot. I had a lot of fun with this story. I, I this think... season is so much different in 
structure and tone, not just in its look, in the fact that we've got a female doctor, we've got a new team. They are doing stories that when I look at them on the surface, it doesn't drill down to any real deep meaning of a story or anything, a meaty, you know, it, it doesn't have that. It has more of a Russell T. Davis stamp, but it doesn't even have that much of a Russell T. Davis stamp, but it definitely doesn't have a Moffat stamp where we feel like we have to construct these complicated plots. Right. It's, it's, you go into these simple stories that are, that's really good storytelling. There's fun elements of it. There are scary elements of it. There's intense elements of it. And I think this There's had every bit of elements of it. This yes, this had this was a bang up science fiction story, right down to the pristine white hospital walls in this <laughs> ship. That's a Red Cross ship that scoops them up because the doctor accidentally sets off a sonic mine. Which that was the setup for this was just a complete red herring because I thought, oh, where is this going? How is she going to get him out of this scrape? Wake up a little bit later. Oh, you're in a hospital. You're recovering now. You're okay. Um. <laughs> The uh, the 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 when the when this alien shows up and ripping through the ship, and it's very you know intense and you, we haven't seen it yet. We just see the little blip on the radar and it's obviously causing lots of destruction. And we know it moves really super fast, and then it comes down the hall and it's this cute, <laughs> it's this cute little bug-eyed thing. I looked at it and I went, okay, that was not what I expected, but that's awesome that they went that way because it 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 related the fact that this thing is dangerous but it's not what you think of the first time you think of danger it's not a xenomorph yeah yeah and so i appreciated the fact that they went that direction with it but yet yet still made it as much of a threat as it was before i saw this thing and uh, of course, I did look at it. And go, it's it's very Stitch, <laughs> but uh, uh, just I love that. I thought the the characterization everybody was really good. The relationship between the brother and the sister, the fact that she's hiding this uh, ailment that she has, this pilot's heart, uh, and she's got that was another thing. As I thought, they were setting up some sort of malicious, you know, mm-hmm. undertone uh, undertone of a story that was going on with her and her uh, uh, android companion. Uh, that there was something, you know. Maleficent going on there. Maleficent, <laughs> malevolent, malevolent. Not 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 the uh, the, not the uh, Disney character. Not the not Disney, Disney character. character. Uh, malevolent. Yeah, that word um, going on there <laughs> in the background, only to f- reveal to. I mean, there was just a lot of great little things like that where I felt like it was going to go one direction and it goes another direction. I just I had so much fun. Uh, I like that the Doctor involves everybody in the decision making and the problem solving process. That was that was so refreshing. We've seen that happening throughout the season, but it was really refreshing to just really see her put uh, everybody forcing people to use their best efforts, especially this green doctor that's only on her second tour uh, after they, <laughs> we lose the main guy. Yeah, and really helping her become the character that she is. It's just it, I had so much fun with this. I, I'm rambling. Go on. What do you I, think? I, I agree with everything you've said so far. And I would say that it is probably the strongest, as far as the plot goes, this is probably the strongest one so far. It's certainly the I tightest and most concise. Yes, yeah. There are not gaping plot holes. There, As much as I enjoyed Rosa and thought Rosa was an excellent episode, there is the, his motivation was he's racist. 
okay, I felt like I needed more than that. This, I didn't feel like I was missing anything or that there was any information that dropped or anything that he didn't think all the way through. All the pieces fit together so well. Everyone on the ship is there for give somebody something to do, and I thoroughly enjoyed it the entire time. I liked everything about it except the plot. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. I, I thought the it's a basic plot. I'm not saying it's com it's well complex or I'll, anything. I'll get there in a minute. I want to talk about the good things first. I love the design. The ship was glorious and expansive. There were a lot of rooms that they built for this thing. Normally, with that kind of attention to detail, don't you suppose and, though that especially in the the patient rooms don't you suppose they just kind of maybe moved sets because oh, the sure. rooms are yeah. where we're very different when yeah. we went into another room it was yeah. set up differently but don't you suppose they just kind of shifted things around and used some movie magic i'm sure and i I'm... think the impressive thing is the engine room is drastically different from the uh control center i mean the, those... but it was probably the same room and it could have been yeah. but they they looked very much different so yeah it did give the impression of of expansive uh, uh amount of space uh, to work with, yeah. And I mean, we got an we got an airlock, we got a, a life pod, we got two life pods, two well, technically two life pods, but I'm pretty sure they were identical. <laughs> we got, I don't think you ever saw the first they, one. They, they just there was a lot to it and a lot of corridor to run around. And now again, I'm sure that was probably just some creative direction, but still, it it was an impressive looking locale. Not to mention the fact that we had a junk planet, <laughs> which is apparently part of a junk galaxy. Okay, that's kind of a cool yeah. idea, you know. Maybe that's where the, the, the Daleks went, and we're going to take over that galaxy outside of town. And everybody went, eh, go for <laughs> it. There's, no, there's, nothing, there's nothing out there. We use it as a dump. But So, so I liked that element to it. Um, I love the fact that the Doctor is still so excited about the razzmatazz of science. That we're you know giving this very detailed explanation about the antimatter drive, which realistically we didn't need because no. nobody else understood it. But it just the idea that she's captivated by the fact that it works. I mean, I think they did. That's a good, cool. I think they did a good job of at least relaying it to the layman by equating it to CERN and what they're doing right. there. And I think that that kind of grounds it for the viewer that that maybe knows a little bit or uh, about the project that's going on with CERN. So yeah. well, and the nice thing was Yaz didn't. Yaz had very competent questions. It wasn't like she was like, what's this big glowy thing? She actually kind of grasped the concepts, and that allowed the doctor to go into even more detail than what previous doctors would have been allowed to do. Yeah. Which gave her the more excitement. But then, okay, I'll oh, wait. So, um, I like that. I like the design of the creature, despite the fact that it was very Stitch-like. Um, I, I kind of agree with this. Like the, the idea that this cute gremlin-type thing is actually not... Uh, so, oh, well, okay. they even, and they even imply that it's it was basically a research project or a, a project going. On. They don't say it, they, but they, they don't say know. it's yeah. possibly one of you know they yeah. they allude to it, and so that's why I kind of thought, okay, you kind of borrowed that. We're, but we're, okay we're, we're going to steal that, but that's okay. Um, I liked the characters, all of them, which shocked me. <laughs> like, normally, there's at least one that either by accident or design you don't like. Either you're not supposed to like this guy, or you, eh, he just wasn't. I liked. I even liked the, the android. I was oh, really yeah. captivated by the backstories of all of these people, and was really concerned for their well-being, especially once we offed the uh, um, the senior doctor, who I really enjoyed him, and then whoop, gone. 
Uh, I was like, oh, this is going to be one of those episodes. We're going to lose people left and right. That's as what I we, thought, too. You know, and then it's going to be Ten Little Indians. And it wasn't. Fairly low body count. And I lost two. Yeah. And then... Um, I love the the characterizations. I love the further exploration of Graham and uh, what's his name, Ryan. Ryan. I don't know why I can't remember Ryan. I love the further explanation of uh, exploration of their relationship. I loved the the little touches um, b- between the two of them, and then the wealth of information that came pouring out during the birth. <laughs> Watched every episode of Call the Midwife. Well, I had to turn away during the squeeze. <laughs> the humor in this episode is fantastic. Can I go on again this week about how much I love Graham? He is, <laughs> too. He is the I best agree. thing in this show. I agree. I just, yeah. period. I'll fight. I'll, this is the hill I will die on. I will fight anybody who says otherwise. Um, I love the fact that Yaz finally got to kind of do some police stuff. They gave her a gun and went to go, here, go do the, Okay, cool. And then she did. She stunned it and captured it in the blanket and kicked it down a hall. Okay. Oh, that's the best. So Mason keeps going, why doesn't, this thing's dangerous. Somebody go up and drop kick it. Somebody go up and, he kept saying that. Kept saying that. And we just, it got to the point where it was like funny at first and it was a little annoying. And we were like, okay, Mason, yes, we get the point. Go drop kick it. And she picks it up and drop kicks it, and he goes, "Yes!" <laughs> I was like, okay, "I can't fault you. You had the plan. You were right." <laughs> so you know that was all great, and then we get to the plot. <laughs> it's like we get to the plot. I think the plot plot's been there the whole time. Well, the the, the plot. The, the the overall plot. It's, it's not the fact that it's a monster. It's not the fact that although. Sidney Newman probably would have a problem with the fact that they did a bug-eyed monster. It was really a bug-eyed monster. It really (laughs) was a bug-eyed monster. But um, just the idea that... You're you're right. It's very simple. I don't have a problem with that. The the overall, okay, it's attacking the stuff, and and it's going to eat the engine, and we've got to stop that from happening. It, It just seemed... I, I have this is going to sound really hypocritical. I have said before that I occasionally like the doctor to not be the smartest person in the room. That I got tired of David Tennant knowing everything, no matter what situation it was, no matter what planet they landed on, he instantly knew everything about everything. This situation, I felt like the doctor should have known more. She knew everything there was to know about that engine, but didn't know what century she was in until she asked. And then well, had to get a computer briefing to find out what the monster was. And I just felt like, well, that's kind of wasted dialogue that's what that I, you could have... That's what I like most about this, is that See, the doctor's discovering things and having to use her wits and her intelligence as she's learning about these things. And, and I, I like would that. have been fine with that had we not gotten seven minutes of the doctor off in a room thinking about the problem and not really coming up with a plan and relying on everybody else. That, to me, seemed to pull the teeth a lot from her character because she didn't do anything. Uh, she, she really didn't do anything in this episode. The doctor did oh, not she, save the day. Yeah, she, she figured well, out she's what the, one the that ultimately was figures, going after. Yeah, she figures and out And figured the, out the bomb needing to get the bomb out. Yeah, she figures out that it's, it's she's feeding just, off of energy, not necessarily... Just metal and, and crude parts. Right, yeah. She is figuring things out and solving the problem. She's just not doing it seven steps ahead. Gave her She's only little, one step ahead. I yeah. also gave her a little credit to the fact that she She's was still recovering, still recovering from the sonic mine. Yeah. yeah. Especially once, 
because she seems very unsure of everything that's going on until, and then after she gets the briefing, she kind of starts to stabilize as it, it almost comes across as she's so recovering from the sonic mind. And by the time things really get going after the briefing, she is back to her normal self. I would agree. And I'd been more okay with it if the Sonic Mine had actually sidelined her, but it didn't. She she was up. She was well, roaming around. She, she was, was holding her side struggling and but to yeah. struggling to roam around. I, I just feel like if we're going to incapacitate the doctor, let's incapacitate the doctor. Let's force the companions into a position where they have to come up with the answer to this. And I'm not saying that I could have written a better episode because obviously I'm not employed by the show. <laughs> they they don't think I can. I'm just saying that. I didn't like the for, for all of the fantastic character stuff that's gone on. I feel like this particular incarnation of the Doctor hasn't quite lived up to the potential that I think is there, and it's frustrating because I know that we've got okay first female Doctor, okay this, okay this, and they've got all these balls in the air that they're worried about dropping, and I am much more of the opinion that just just go. Jody's got it. Let her do her thing. Let her be the doctor. And I feel like it, it, it's almost a, a safety leash or something. We're, I don't know. I just, just don't. I don't see it. I don't feel that they're holding back. I feel like they're holding back. I all. feel like these have all been. I think what they are doing well is I think they're making stories that are very accessible to newcomers, and I think maybe well, that's and, part of what is maybe causing that feeling in you. It, is it we very feel like we could need be. to know. We feel like we're as as self-proclaimed experts i think we feel like <laughs> no, I, I, think, I think we feel like we know more than the doctor right now and i think we're feeling very maybe i am not but maybe we're feeling a little this isn't quite doctor who yet but i think what they're doing and i think they're doing it very well is they're making it very accessible to new viewers and i think that i think their pacing is is well done i think they're the 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 comedy hits the right beats. The the stories are just intelligent enough to be entertaining and fun, but also thought provoking. I think Keith he pointed out earlier there's a lot of emotion in these yeah. stories, and I think they they have those beats done right as well. I think that they they are they're giving everybody a reason to uh, enjoy the storytelling, even if it comes down to the fact that we have been drawing out to a point this ridge between Graham and Ryan and but they continue to go there and I think it, it it's growing Ryan's character in a much different way than I've ever seen them do mm-hmm. with a character on Doctor Who and I appreciate that and uh, for him to be the one based on his experiences of having a, a, a dad that ran off you know, convincing this guy that he should keep this baby. That was the other thing that I thought was a bit odd was this, not the fact that they had this guy that was pregnant because that's the species, but the, he he's sort of just there and I thought he was going to be this background character for the whole time. And while he sort of quasi is the whole time, it's what they use to develop that story with mm-hmm. Graham and, and uh uh, Ryan and so I think and that, further the plot with Ryan's father yes exactly and so while he doesn't do anything but have a kid and get really emotional about it uh, he he's a very I name it avocado <laughs> <laughs> he's a very strong piece of this whole puzzle 
that that is, allows him to kind of weave that section of the wheel around uh, of the story happening. So I, I really appreciated that as well. Yeah, no, I thought that part was 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 great. I enjoyed him far more than I thought because the first introduction of that guy is he's just, oh this is a joke. You got him. You got him. Pregnant male on the ship. Okay, we get it. But no, he became this very integral cog well, and it's in, such a, in that wheel. It's the Doctor Who twist on a cliche mm-hmm. for a medical story, and it's a it's a floating hospital in space. So of course you're going to have a pregnant person that goes into labor right at the same moment as the crisis. Right. This time it's just a guy. Right. <laughs> I'm disappointed that neither Graham or Ryan went and offered to boil water or get towels. <laughs> <laughs> like I really, I, I was waiting for that line. Yeah. I was all set to laugh, and then it didn't happen. So. Speaking of the avocado line, I think that was very, very well placement of a joke when he says, "Well, we thought maybe you'd name it after us, you know, Graham Graham Ryan." Or what, what's wrong with Ryan Graham? And I guess, like, are you kidding? They, he'd grow up to be the laughing stock. <laughs> I know. I'm 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 freely freely willing to admit that maybe I am suffering from that. Well, it's just not my Doctor Who. I'm sure that fans in the in the 60s, 70s, when Pertwee came along and the format changed so radically to being Earthbound did the same thing that they were complaining and just as, as they watched week after week after week just kind of went this isn't the show that I'm used to See, and that's the beautiful thing about it is that it can reinvent itself and do something different and if that's the case if that's where we're going to go with this doctor with this showrunner with this season I will still enjoy it I'm not saying that I don't I just have to adjust to that to that new tone but I feel like we don't need I, 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 it's, I keep going back to deep breath I feel like we don't need the training wheels even if I was a new viewer coming into this show, I think television has advanced beyond the need for some of the hand-holding that's going on. I just don't see the hand-holding. I don't, I don't see hand-holding either. I don't either. see it. I, just, I, don't, I, just, I wish I could get into your brain and figure out what you're seeing about it that feels like it's being... Like they haven't been able to release her. Because I just think... Uh, I don't know. I I really don't know. I just can't see it. Maybe, maybe. If, if there's anything, it's just the aspect of both new showrunner and actor finding their legs even more so than they had previously as the show continues. Well, I, I found her legs. They're right below the cuffs of those ridiculously <laughs> short pants. But, <laughs> but I, I think if you were to go back and rethink of like Peter Capaldi's first five episodes, I mean... The, also keep that into account. We're five episodes into this new run of this new mm-hmm. doctor. There is going to be some, for some people, rough patches and some people not so rough, rough patches. I mean, it's not the first five stories of the sixth doctor, at least. So. <laughs> Actually, there's one, there's one good one in there because Avengers is great. Yeah. True. Or even the first five stories of Matt Smith. There are some. No, those were great. <laughs> I, I liked everyone. Well, that maybe not. Victory at the Daleks. Yeah. Well, I liked it better than some people in this room. But yeah, I, I, I liked most of Victory of the Daleks. I just didn't like the Daleks. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to remember the other two. So, well, Beast Below was good, I thought. Um, Beast Below, Victory of the Daleks, and then the Angel two-parter. But yeah. were they doing the Doctor the correct justice then? Or was he still... Or do you feel like they had training wheels on him? No. I, it's different. And part of that is... Or the first five episodes of David Tennant. A lot more of those were clunkers. Yeah, you've got Girl in the Fireplace. You've got School Reunion. Uh, no. <laughs> I, 
I don't. And and Matt Smith's a special case because he was probably the first doctor, other than Tom, who I just uh, he regenerated and hit the ground running, and I just bought it immediately. Everybody else, I had a little bit of a warm up to, but he was just yeah, right right off the bat. Um, I said I it. If it, if it makes a difference, Mel feels the same way. She hasn't expressed it in uh, the hand-holding method. But we, we finish an episode and she just kind of goes, eh. Which is strange because normally she gushes over these things more than I do. When it's something that, oh, oh yeah, that was great. And she's like, oh my God, that was so fantastic. She's really up there. And so for her to say meh is kind of indicative, I think, of just there's a tone. I don't know what it is, but there's something about it. And I think it's because I feel like they're just not doing the same thing. But maybe it's just the overall arc of the of, of the story. Maybe it's the change in direction. No maybe arc it's this year. well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know we already until Tim Shaw shows back. Already, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just the the thrust of of how this is unspooling. And again, I maybe it's me. Maybe they will. You know, we'll get to episode ten, and that little nugget will retroactively fix everything, and I'll go oh. And I'll get it then. I'm just not getting it right now. And that bothers me because I want to get it. I want to be one of the cool kids going, God, I love Doctor Who. This is the greatest show ever. <laughs> and instead, I sound like one of the grumpy kids that's like, I'm never <laughs> watching Doctor Who again, which I'm not. That's not the case. But I, I wonder if you're just still too much in the Moffat mystery mindset. I don't think that's it either, though, because I'm, I'm also one of the guys that, you know, as much as oh, I you love You got Moffitt, very critical there towards I was, the animal. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I was ready to see Moffat go away. Complex stories were just getting a little too... Little too complex. It's, it's, it's you know, and I, I like a good base under siege, which this essentially was. Yeah. So I don't know. I just there, there's something about the way that it's playing out that I'm not happy with, and I can't quite put my finger on what it is. But that's the closest I can come to it. Is it feels like they're not. It feels like they don't trust the doctor, and that is, you know I have no problem with them building up a companion. I have no problem with them exploring a backstory because this is all wonderful stuff that we didn't get in the old series, and we would have killed for it. I think now. If we'd have gotten more, you know, oh, Perry is, you know, a perfect example. It just was kind of given yeah, nothing to do if, but show up and look good. And it's is, like, right. in, in these kind of stories, is there any room for the Doctor to be a superhero? I mean, that's what you're looking for. But I think if you make the Doctor the, 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 the superhero that we got with previous Doctors, then you don't get a chance for, yes, to ask intelligent questions. You don't get, get a chance to develop side relationships and stories as much. And I think that that's maybe that's what's happening is where maybe the shift has come off of the doctor being the greatest hero of, of, of all time every week. And like we were getting sometimes in the past and that's taking a side seat for, to better development of the rest of the characters and the story surrounding it. Maybe the, it's, maybe it's more the doctor is coming from being a sci, uh, superhero to being more of a science fiction hero yeah i don't even think that's it because I, I you know one one of the things that really struck me i'm sure we're gonna find it <laughs> I don't think no, so. not this week Probably anyway nothing. one of the things that really struck me about uh, the new series when it started with with rtd is the the lore of the doctor the legend of the doctor the tall tales and the the the, the just absolute gushing wish we had a little bit of that in this fanboy love that's out there and at the time, I thought, well, that's kind of weird. But then it's like, no, no, actually, that makes a lot of sense. So he's been doing this as long as he has. So then we get a little bit of that in this episode. 
that you know, yeah, that's a whole chapter, you know, it's a volume. You know. It's actually a volume. Okay, you know, that's that's cool. That's a little plink in the you know, in the in the in the coin purse of of cool factor. But then we also don't get the you, you talk about the, the the sacrificing it, and it, we've had we've had crowded TARDIS where we're going to focus on this companion this episode, and everybody else is sidelined, and we didn't like that. And we've had Clara, I'll pick on her, where it's just so focused on the companion that it's like okay, enough, you know, we, we didn't like that. This one is in that weird way, kind of straddling the difference, where it feels like we're really developing. It's balanced. It, it's balanced, but we're we're very much developing the the companions, and we're doing it equally. But it almost feels like it's coming at the expense of the Doctor, because I just yeah, don't, don't feel so. like the Doctor's just don't doing so. anything. I just can't agree with that. I don't expect and, you to agree with it. I, don't, record, I would be disappointed, honestly, if you for did. the record, we did not feel that way with Clara. <laughs> You. <laughs> I, I think we all felt that way toward the end. We we were all getting to that point with Clara. I don't know. I don't think I ever said that I felt like they were going that far. I mean, I acknowledged why people felt that way, but I never felt that way myself. Don't ever change, Glenn. I'll be disappointed if we ever come <laughs> to a, a perfect consensus on something. <laughs> Unless it really is that good, and then we're both like, yeah, it was that good. Or it really is that bad, and we're both like, oh, yeah, it really was we, that we bad. We really do come on a perfect consensus for something. But it's Very happened. Really. It's, it's happened. happened. It's happened. It's happened. Scorby. <laughs> we, we can agree on Scorby. We'll always have Scorby. We'll always have Scorby. There's <laughs> your episode title. <laughs> That'll confuse the hell out of people. Was there anything what? else on this uh, particular story that you guys wanted to talk about, mention? Yes, but it'll sound nitpicky, so maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> Too late, Sean. Go ahead. Yeah, throw it out there. Let's see where we. Why is Jodie Whittaker out of breath all the time? So, is there anything else you guys want to? Uh, <laughs> I, I love the bit about? where the, it eats the Sonic and then spits it back out, <laughs> and it doesn't work. And I thought, oh, they're getting rid of the Sonic already, but then it rejuvenates. That was my first thought. Reboots. Reboots. That was my first thought. Was I was like, wow, are they really getting rid of the Sonic that soon? I mean, they've they've sold enough toys already, but. Um, <laughs> I think it was a neat device in order for not not the Sonic itself. I thought it was a neat plot device in order to for get, her to sort of figure out. Oh wait a minute, it's ciphering the energy. So then we've and we've then stripped the TARDIS, the TARDIS and the Sonic from her. So now she's just using yeah, her wits because the TARDIS is uh, still out there in that planet. Although it sounds like they're going to resolve that quickly because teleport. they're about to teleport yeah. back there. So. Yeah. Assuming they get the destination right. What were you nitpicking? Oh yeah, the why she's out of breath. I, I don't think, know why I she's just, out of I breath. Just, I think it's just a character trait that, that Jody brought along. To you, the, you watch next to week, story. and it's and then we're going to go down, and it's like you haven't even been running. Why are you? She's excited. You're, just, you're, you're yeah. breathless with excitement, but it's just a character I, trait okay. that she's brought to this. I think that is nitpicking. Oh, see, all right. <laughs> well, I'm going to throw it there so we can judge it. All right, <laughs> you called it nitpicking. To I did call with. it nitpicking. <laughs> All right, so I and want, I want to make clear one more time for the people who may be listening to this. No, I do like Jodie Whittaker. I don't have a problem with that part of it. Yeah, but you've hated her from the beginning. That's not true. Um, so what do we got coming up on the schedule? Those pants, on the other hand. Uh, so next week on the schedule is uh, episode six. Yes. Demons of the Punjab. Demons of the Punjab. Right? Are we saying that one right this week? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Punjabi. That's what I assume it was short for, so. These schedule look-aheads are getting kind of boring. We don't yeah. You, know, no, no. <laughs> you want the episode title kind of, after that? Kind of predictable. No, 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 no. 
we're, right, we're, well. we're in that cycle. You know, got to feed the dragon. Got to have five new more. Thing. Five more weeks of it, Glenn. I, mean, I suppose weeks. just to throw you off next week, I'll schedule a book review just to see what you do. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, feed the dragon, uh, we need people to send feedback. So uh, that was a terrible segue. Keith, how can <laughs> I thought you were going with a different direction. I did too. <laughs> Uh, they can contact us by going to our website, travelingthevortex.com, and fill out the Send Us Feedback tab. Or if you're on Facebook, just click the email us, and it will send us an email to feedback at travelingthevortex.com. Well, let's be honest. You're all on Facebook. You can do that. That's right. Tell, 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 me, tell me why I feel the way that I feel. <laughs> Speaking of Feed the Dragon, uh, we need to feed this podcast. And to do that, we have to have uh, money from you, supporters like you. Uh, Sean, tell them how they can support. That's that was a, a terrible segment. That's, that's, that's a thought. much All right. better segment. All right. That's where well, I you were the first time. I'm getting there, right? Okay. Well, <laughs> Keith, or no, Keith. Sean, tell us how they can uh, do that. Well, they can send a very large check with lots of zeros and address <laughs> it to me. Tell us how they can really do that. <laughs> I am. And then uh, you can go to our website, travelingthevortex.com, and uh, click on the Patron button. Patreon. Patron? Patreon. You can click on the Patreon button and become a patron of the podcast, and they will walk you through all the wonderful details of that. Any amount is appreciated uh, and get you into the uh, Secret Society Decoder Ring Club uh, and all that crazy stuff that Glenn's eyeballing me saying I can't talk about because it's secret. So. <laughs> Speaking of feeding the dragon, uh, this podcast goes out on the feeds, and you can catch this podcast. That's better crunching uh, it a little bit. Oh, I should have, I should have, I should have finished with the patron one. Uh, <laughs> but you can find us on uh, TuneIn, Google Play Store, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher. Uh, I think I said TuneIn. Um, you can also find us on uh, most uh, feed aggregators. If you put in our RSS feed, uh, you can go to our website, travelingthevortex.com, to find out how to do that. Is that going to do it for this week, guys? I think so. Yeah. Well, if that's going to do it, until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Feed the dragon. I mean, thanks for listening. I'm going to go slay the dragon. Yes, (laughs) you are. You're going to go Lance Windmills. Yes. (laughs) You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.